0: views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. 580 Live is presented by Thornhill Automotive and is broadcast live from the Parmar Store Studio. The country, the United States of America, the state, West Virginia, the city, Charleston. This is 580 Live, and your host of 580
1: Live. What? We've got here is failure to communicate.
0: He's kind of a big deal.
2: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble. Dave
3: Allen. Woo! And a good Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to the talk Show from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live at the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Biggly piggly, wiggly hotline, 304-345-5858. Fruit Pharmacy, text 304-935-5008. My name is Dave. And uh, I'm the guy that's in charge of this uh, little shindig. Ryan Nicholson, really the guy that uh, is in charge because he's the uh, producer of the show. We do the show each Monday through Friday from the Parmar Store Studio. The Parmar Store Shootout is coming February the 6th through the 8th on the campus of West Virginia State University. 40 of the best boys and girls basketball teams from all around the state of West Virginia will be competing the first game Monday the 6th at 10 a.m. The last game Wednesday the 8th at 9 p.m. And remember, if there's not a Parmar Store near you now, there will be soon. Coming up on the show, you know, the Reds' caravan is rolling in to Charleston at the Coliseum and Convention Center tomorrow afternoon at 530. And uh, we're going to have uh, Tommy Thrall, who's the radio voice of the Cincinnati Reds, join us to talk about that. Also, Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney is here. We're going to talk taxes because we don't talk about that enough uh, on the show, <laughs> the battle the battle over taxes and whose plan is going to win out, the governor or the state Senate. We're going to talk about that with Brad, among other things, coming up a little bit later on. But as always, your calls and texts are welcome to the show as well. want to welcome into the show, Charleston City Councilwoman and Director of Advoc- Ad- Advocacy, that's easy for me to say, and Public Policy for the Mountaineer Food Bank, Caitlin Cook. Good morning, how are you?
4: Morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on.
3: And thank you for being here. And on the Biggly, Piggly Wiggly Hotline, we have with us uh, uh, Chad uh, Morrison. Chad, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing well. And uh, Chad is the CEO, is that right? Chad, you're the CEO, is that right, of the Mountaineer Food Bank? Is that the uh- correct title? That is correct. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I, see, I'm two for two. I got I get two. I got names and I got titles. Right. Uh, thanks for joining us. Now, something called uh, Hunger Free West Virginia Day is coming up in the legislature this Thursday. Uh, Chad, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us what this is all about.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So, Hunger Free West Virginia Day. We've uh, been doing this for about five years, and it's an opportunity to uh, just. Uh, really talk about the the hunger needs in West Virginia and highlight some of the programs and some of the opportunities that we have um, for filling in the gaps throughout the state. So um, we just try and make the the best of that opportunity to connect with our legislators and the public and make sure that they keep in mind that uh, there's a lot of struggling families
3: out there. Caitlin, uh, you are the uh, Director of Advocacy. I'm not going to say anymore. You're on a, a roll. Advocacy and Public Policy for the Mountaineer. It's almost, almost hard as hard to say as bigly, bigly, wiggly hotline is. The Director of Advocacy and Public Policy for the Mountaineer Food Bank. Um, what is your role? I mean, I know it's just told you everybody what the title is, but what exactly do you do with the organization? And then tell us, and either one of you can weigh in, how big of a problem is hunger in our area? But talk about your role with the, uh, uh, with the organization first.
4: Sure. Uh, so, Dave, you know, hunger is one of those issues that's so prevalent, but you can't see it. So my role at the food bank is making sure that we, we share the stories of hunger, we share the faces of hunger, we share the fact that, you know, Dave, in West Virginia, we have 13,000 veterans in our state that are food insecure. We've got one in five kids that don't know where their next meal is coming from. Right. If you don't know about that problem, how can I ever expect someone to come up with a solution? so my job is is highlighting the issue connecting the dots and and uplifting policy that's going to help us all
3: and 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 either one of you can weigh in on this maybe chad will go back to you on this when you talk about you know food, food insecurity and and hunger issues automatically people think of the homeless and that, that's a big part of that but it, that's not all of it i mean there are a lot of people that are housed that have issues with food security chad you want to weigh in on that
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a lot of families that are are truly living paycheck to paycheck. And if they have, you know, one car breakdown or one medical bill um, that stresses what, you know, their income is, you know, they're visiting a food pantry to try and fill in those gaps. Um, And and that's, you know, that's a lot of us. That's a lot of people in West Virginia when you think about, you know, 200,000 people. um, And what Caitlin mentioned with our veteran population and our children. You know, there's, there's a ton of people that are right on that line
3: of just, you know, r- struggling every day. Yeah, and there certainly is, and I think it's something that probably gets underreported uh, as I say. Kaylee, you want to oh. weigh in on that, either one of you?
4: Sure. I mean, you know, again, hunger is difficult to see. Uh, you have so many other ailments, that it, it, and it's not just it's difficult to see, it's a pride thing. Mm-hmm. Here in the state of West Virginia, whether we're talking about our seniors. We're prideful
3: people here. I mean, we we're, are. We're, we're proud people.
4: here. We're proud people and we're resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where the path forward is. But, you know, you talk about households. Uh, in 2022, Mountaineer Food Bank provided 17.9 million meals and served over 100,000 households. Uh, as Chad mentioned, these are hardworking families that just like you and I, they're facing higher gas prices when they go to the grocery store they're facing higher prices their dollar isn't going as far so we're filling in that gap meeting that need and we're seeing more and more new faces in a variety of programs that we have
3: and with the, with the economy the way it is and I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it i mean we there's other other times on the show but everybody can point fingers at each other but this is really not the uh, the time for that um, this sort of um, problem that we have with food insecurity and whatever, it doesn't know political bounds. You know, this is not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue, a liberal, conservative, or whatever.
4: Absolutely. Uh, this is an issue that affects everyone. And the solution, you mentioned it earlier, we're resilient people. You know, at MFB in the last year, we have done, uh, we've got staff that has done tremendous outreach to local producers. One of the policies that we're really hoping to continue to push is uplifting our local producers in the state of West Virginia. Like ourselves, let's make our food system more resilient because if we can help our folks at home, it helps those small businesses.
1: Mm -hmm. We can connect
4: it to the food bank. Last year, the legislature doubled the tax credit from farm to food bank. It helps us help hungry neighbors. And that's something that we're really focusing on, and we've got a lot of good feedback uh, from the folks down at the state house in that
3: realm. And then, uh, Chad, I'll go back to you. I want to talk about uh, what's going to happen on uh, on Thursday uh, during um, your your gas special day at the legislature. What do you expect to happen there?
5: Well, we're excited. Uh, we, we are working with the governor's office to uh, proclaim um, Thursday as Hunger Free West Virginia Day in 2023. Um, we've got some you know some great information. We're going to have some great connections and, and, and meeting with uh, the legislative groups just to kind of again, you know talk about those policies, talk about the opportunities, um, which there's a great many opportunities out there for us to really um, strengthen our food system. Uh, so that's what we really want to target there on Thursday.
3: And, uh, Caitlin, you talked about the, uh, I forget the exact terminology that you used, but uh, basically getting the farmers involved in this or getting the farm-to-table type thing. Talk about that a little bit. That's kind of interesting to me.
4: Sure. I mean, Dave, I don't know about you, but i got fond memories of gardening (laughs) with my parents and my grandma. One of the things about being in West Virginia and being Appalachian is that resiliency. We know that we've got a ton of family farms out there, tiny producers and if we can connect those tiny dots we're gonna have something that's big that other states by virtue of having larger populations of maybe having say a Tyson in their backyard Mm -hmm. these huge manufacturing production facilities we don't necessarily have but we've got good hard-working people Uh, for example one of our staffers she had a great conversation with a family who grows strawberries. They've got 30 acres. They're using three of it. Why? Because they don't have that guaranteed buy at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm not going to farm all 30. If no. I don't know, I can sell all 30. Um, yeah,
3: it's a, a, a very poor business decision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be.
4: yes, it would be. So in this, we're being able to make these connections, provide that business opportunity to those local families, those farmers. I wasn't there in that conversation, but hearing Erica, our staffer tell that it's more than just being able to farm your land it's giving back mm-hmm. that's when you good walk, stuff. It, that's Appalachia.
3: Yeah, it is it is you're 100 percent right about that If someone's listening to us today uh, uh, Chad and uh, Caitlin and they would like to get involved with the Mountaineer Food Bank, maybe make a donation or, or as you said, you know they've, um, they've they got some they get some produce they can they can give up what do they need to do?
4: Uh, so you can visit us at mountaineerfoodbank.org we got some tabs there uh, important tabs, find food if you are food insecure if you know somebody and you don't know where your next meal is coming from and you're having to choose between maybe rent or medicine, please click that find food tab Uh, you're going to find a community partner of ours close to where you live Uh, there's also a donate button there's a volunteer button Uh, you know The main thing about Thursday is we can't do it alone, Mm -hmm. but together we can end hunger if we start to get at those root causes, if we start to tap into the resources we have
3: here. Yes, I I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Chad, any final thoughts from you?
5: No, I think Caitlin nailed it on the head. It's all of us working together to to solve this issue. Um, I appreciate your time this morning.
3: All right. We appreciate you being here. Chad uh, Morrison is the CEO of Mountaineer Food Bank, and uh, uh, Caitlin Cook is the Director of Advocacy and Public Policy for Mountaineer Food Bank. I appreciate you guys for being here. Thanks a lot, Chad, and thanks a lot, Caitlin. Thank you, Dave. All right, Thank we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Uh, 580 Live is brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill. The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from their 11 manufacturers, plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles, too. Shop online thornhillautomotive.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the voice of the Cincinnati Reds, Tommy Thrall, is here the Reds' caravan, rolls into town tomorrow night at the Coliseum and Convention Center. And we're going to talk to the voice of the Reds, Tommy Thrall, coming up next from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. On the voice of Charlie Boston, WCHS.
0: Brought to you by the Eric J. Tar Family Businesses. Eric J. Tar Family Businesses want to thank you for shopping
2: locally. Tag it new. Tag it used. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill.
6: The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from our 11 manufacturers.
3: Plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles to fit your budget, your style. Backed up with our Thornhill value plus warranty.
6: Get the best deal in sight morning, noon, or night at thornhillautomotive.com. Tag it used.
3: And make a monster statement with a lower payment.
6: We'll even tag your current ride if you're looking to sell with top dollar payouts. Tag your next ride on
2: the Thornhill Motor Mile.
0: Never miss a breaking news story or important event happening in West Virginia again with a new WV Metro News app. Access Metro News content in a new, easy-to-use app for your mobile device or tablet. Watch or listen to your favorite Metro News shows like TalkLine, Hotline, and Sportsline with the app. Once the WV Metro News app is installed, sign up to receive push notifications and never miss a breaking news story or upcoming event. Search WV Metro News in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to get started
3: today. Hey, it's Dave Allen for Parmar Stores. Have you signed up for the Parmar app yet? If not, what are you waiting for? A simple download of the Parmar app can save you big bucks at the register and at the pump. It's easy. Download the app and get ready to save. You can also sign up for the Parmar Rewards Card. We have over 210 stores in five states, and we continue to grow, all in an effort to better serve you. Parmar is the official store of high school sports in West Virginia, and we are the official convenience store of Marshall University. Come see us today, and remember, if there's not a Parmar store near you now, there will be soon. Are you feeling uneasy about recent stock market volatility? That may indicate it's time for a financial checkup. Volatility is an unavoidable feature of the market. Your portfolio should be designed to deal with the ups and downs of the market while giving you the peace of mind to live comfortably in retirement. Give me a call or book online today. Your no-cost, no-obligation financial checkup. Retire Right with John Burdett, 4thAvenueFinancial.com.
0: Securities offered through J.W. Co. Financial Incorporated. Member FIT or Advisory services offered through J.W. Co. Advisors Incorporated. J.W. Co. Financial, J.W. Co. Advisors, and 4th Avenue Financial are unaffiliated entities. Be informed of school closings, traffic pileups, and disastrous weather. When Mother Nature is making news, tune to your severe weather station. The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS.
3: 921-580-Live is brought to you by, by QC Kinetics for Cross Lanes. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain with no surgery, no drugs, or no downtime. Call QC Kinetics for Cross Lanes 304-202-5566 304-202-5566 for QC Kinetics of Cross Lanes. The Reds Caravan is back in Charleston tomorrow night. The Coliseum and Convention Center starts around 530. One of the people from the organization you're going to be meeting when you join us tomorrow night is the voice of the Reds, Tommy Thrall. He joins us now on the Big Piggly Wiggly Hotline. Tommy, good morning. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, good morning. Thank you. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you for being here. The Reds Caravan is up and running. Now, uh, I was looking at your schedule online, and if any of this has changed, you can let me know. I understand you guys started out last night in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, tonight, I think you're in Batesville, Indiana. Tomorrow night, you roll into our fair city, uh, and there are some other smaller stops, schools and whatnot along the way. Talk about these caravan stops, Tommy, and what you enjoy. What do you get out of these? What do you enjoy about it?
2: Oh man, it's it's just so fun to meet fans and uh, you know see how far that Reds country extend. I mean, it, it, the fans and the, the the dedication of this organization uh, it's it's got a broad reach. So it's so fun to, to see fans that uh, are outside just the Cincinnati area and, and see how passionate Reds fans are. Uh, but I just I love I love meeting the fans, hearing the stories, and and hear what connects people to Reds baseball. That to me, it, it just
3: all right, Tommy, you still there? Right, Tommy, are you still with us? Oh, yep. Okay, we, we dropped you there for a minute. Are you still with okay. us? Good. Yep, I'm. I'm here. I had
2: my AirPods in, and I connected <laughs> the mic. I turned on my computer. I made the major mistake of turning <laughs> on my computer. And it,
3: it, all it good. Took all, over. All good. But yeah. No.
2: I. I. As I was saying, I don't know at what point it, it cut off there, but uh, it's just it's fun to get the personal connection with Red, with Reds fans and and meet fans all all over. Um, you know, the, the region and, and far, far outside of Cincinnati. So that's the part that I really like.
3: And again, we're going to be at the Cottle Convention Center, starting about five thirty tomorrow. A Whole host of uh, of announcers and office staff and players and whatnot are going to be there. Uh, and then uh, Dave Weekly and uh, Dale Cooper are actually going to do a show on uh, on, on five eighty CHS, starting at six o'clock from there. And you know, Tommy, Cincinnati is an exciting place to be for sports right now with the Bengals. You know, looking awesome in their divisional playoff win over Buffalo this past weekend. They'll take on Kansas City this weekend in the AFC Championship, a game I think they're going to win to advance to their second straight Super it would be nice if some of that could rub off on the red legs this season right <laughs> it
2: certainly would um you know it's it, it it's a tough it's a tough time and i understand that you know with with last year the season certainly didn't go as well as people had hoped uh but but we're getting to that point now where this is going to be a big year at kind of getting a feel for where the organization is with some of these young players that are coming up and it's going to be to me, that's the exciting part is, is seeing a guy like Ellie De La Cruz get to the big leagues at some point this year. We might see Matt McClain. You know, we saw kind of the first wave last year with the young starting pitching. And, and to me, that's what's exciting about this group is that when you have good starting pitching and you have a bullpen, and, and I know the bullpen was bad last year, there's no getting around that, right. but it should be much improved this year. Um, you know, we saw what Alexis Diaz is capable of. I, I, I'm sure he figures to be the closer again this year. Lucas Sims, uh, TJ Antone are both guys that are capable of closing games. They were hurt all the last year. Uh, so if they're at their best, they've got a chance to really kind of lock down uh, the back end of games and, and really shorten games. And that's where if you can just find a way to score a few runs, you got a chance. We've seen the Brewers do that a lot. Yeah, the Brewers yeah. haven't always been a big offensive juggernaut. So, uh, I, there's some things to be excited about with this team. Um, I, I know that for, for a lot of fans that there's not the, the big free agent splash, but Jonathan India really understood some of his shortcomings last year. He's looking for a big bounce back here. Tyler Stevenson's going to be healthy. He's not going to exclusively catch, so that should preserve him a little bit. Um, he's proven to be the best bat in this lineup. And then hopefully Joey Votto's healthy and could have a a resurgence in the final year of his contract. So there's certainly some things to be excited about and keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Votto uh, fan, and I have been ever since he came to the organization. And, And I thought it was interesting, you know, last year with the injury and everything, how you know, on the television broadcast and radio. I mean, they're just sending this guy up in the stands to interview people, and we saw an entire, entirely different view of, uh, of Joey Votto last year. That's a Joey Votto that's maybe you guys within the organization saw, but fans didn't see. And the guy's got a great sense of humor and a great personality. It was really interesting what they did with Votto last year.
2: He does. I was really glad that that he was comfortable enough to do that. I mean, that's 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 something that. Um, I mean, if a guy says if. A... A future Hall of Fame type player like Joey Votto, if he says, hey, I want to come do some games, we're not going to say no, uh, but but they have to be comfortable enough to do that. And, and I love that he was, so he could really showcase who he is as a person, because that's that's the thing, that's the beauty of, of, of baseball is there's some great personalities within the game, and we like to try to showcase those when we can, but guys have to be comfortable enough to do that. Mm-hmm. To, to have that showcase. So I, I was glad that, that Joey was was willing to do all the stuff that he did while he was out and connect with fans the way he did. Uh, it, it really, I think, truly exemplifies who Joey is as a person. And uh, he's just such a great guy. He's great for the organization. And uh, I'd love to see him have a have a great year this year.
3: We're talking with Tommy Thrall, who is the uh, radio voice of the Cincinnati Reds. And, of course, the Reds caravan will come into uh, Charleston tomorrow night at the Connoissem Convention Center i want to talk about you personally for a moment. Let's talk about what it was like for you to be asked to take over for the great Marty Brenneman. I mean, you've done it by the way, you've done an incredible job. Um, and, and it's not easy though, taking over for one of the best in the history of the game to have ever called balls and strikes. I mean, he's simply one of the best and, 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 but and you rolled in there, not an easy task, but you've done a fantastic job. Talk about that experience.
2: Yeah. I, I really appreciate the, the words that, that means a lot. I, um, it, you know, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's something, being a fan of broadcasting the way I have been my whole life. I mean, I've, it, it, I've loved the game, but I, I really fell in love with radio first before I even fell in love with baseball. I mean, I can remember being a kid, and, and we had a uh, big radio in our living room, at, and, um, you know, big speakers. You turn on the, the receiver there, and, and I would just sit there and listen to the radio and listen to the DJs and I I thought well, that's kind of that's that's a cool job I want to <laughs> do that and then then I fell in love with baseball and I thought well wait a second there's a job yeah, where
3: somewhere <laughs> you
2: get to talk on the radio travel all over the country and watch baseball it doesn't get any better than that so I I've, I've been in love with with that side of things for for as long as I can remember so I have a great respect for the guys that have done it before. Um, you know, it's the Marty Brenneman's of the world that made me fell in love with the art form. And um, so I, I have nothing but respect for Marty. It was a uh, certainly a tall task, but at the end of the day, I, I think it's one of those things where I know I'm not Marty. I, I know I never will be, and I can't be. Uh, just, that's, not, that's just not who I am. And uh, that's because nobody else is. <laughs> exactly. So, so I just had to, I came in with the mindset that I've just got to try to be the best version of myself, on a nightly basis, be as prepared as I can possibly be. Um, be who I am as a person. I'm not going to try to be somebody else. I'm not going to try to be fake on the air. I want if, if somebody meets me on the street or runs into me in the grocery store, I, I want them to to feel like they know me just the same way as they would when they're listening on the radio. You know, I, I, who I am is who I am. So. I, that that's kind of the mindset I had going into it, and uh, I, I've been really really lucky to work with great partners that make it very easy. Jeff Brantley is is one of the best in the business. I mean, there, there's not a better analyst out there. Uh, Chris Welsh and I have a great time together when, when he fills in. Sam uh, Lecured it a few games, and, and I mean the list goes on. I've worked with just great people since I've been here, and it really just makes it so much easier. Marty was great to me as well, and that that certainly helped. We got to kind of overlapped in that 2019 season, so um, there's a lot of great people around me that have, have made it uh, very, very easy, and it's been it's been quite a ride.
3: And uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick personal story here before we move on. I know you guys are getting on the road, but uh, uh, you were talking about falling in love with radio. That's I've been doing this for 35 years, Tommy, and this is exactly the way I did it. I was the kid. I'm a kid of the 80s, and while all my friends were recording music off the radio, I was recording the DJs off the radio. <laughs> I literally would have my a, t- a cassette and a boombox, and I didn't care about necessarily Hearing Prince or Madonna, whatever the music, I wanted to hear the DJs, <laughs> and yeah. and I would actually, and I have tapes somewhere; they're probably disintegrated now of all these different DJs from various parts of the country. But I, yeah, I did, the, I, did the, I I fell in love with it just like you did, Tommy. Let's talk about the Reds fan base. Um, uh, you could never accuse most of us that are lifelong red's fans of being bandwagon fans because we have stuck to this team especially you know the last couple of years we've we've stuck to this team through a, a heck of a lot talk about the fans of the reds
2: yeah i mean it's a it's a very very passionate fan base and i think that's you know people ask me about um, what what what's so great about being uh, affiliated with the reds and being a broadcaster for the reds there's a couple of things that I really point to. One, um, it, it's a great it's a great baseball market. I mean, Reds fans are so passionate about the team, and that's one of the first things I say. The other, the other one that I always point to is is the the large radio affiliate network that we have. I mean, it's it's great that the Reds fans love the Reds and they love the Reds on radio, and 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 to me, for for what we do, it, it's it's a perfect marriage. So yeah they're passionate they they stick by the team um even when things aren't going well and certainly I, they there's there's understanding there for for the frustrations but uh you know the, the good part about it is when the team turns this around and it will happen uh they're going to be so excited that they'll be well re- rewarded for sticking with this team, the passion. And, uh, I just, I, I admire that, you know, I, I grew up watching a team that wasn't <laughs> wasn't very good for pretty much my entire life. And, uh, you know, when, when that team turned the corner, uh, it w- it was cool to see the city rally behind him. And I, I know the same thing's going to happen here because even coming off a rough season last year, it still warms my heart to walk around and, and see red stuff everywhere. I, I, I love it. I love the passion for the team. And, uh, it will get better at some point,
3: well, and I think you were talking about, you know the the broadcasting aspect of it. Uh, I think what makes broadcasting baseball a little bit different than other, than other sports is is that there is a lot of downtime, and that's one of the, and that's where the stories come in because you guys, I mean basketball is nonstop, football you know a little less, but but in but in baseball, I mean th- there is a lot of downtime, and you guys have to fill that. I'm trying to keep it on the positive note, but I did have a text to the show, and I and I am going to read this text and we'll let you go. Uh, the text says, "Can you ask uh, Tommy uh, why the team seems to be content with losing? Uh, just like the <laughs> Pirates, they both seem satisfied with putting the losing product on the field while the ownership takes the rest." Revenue sharing as a profit. That's a little harsh uh, from a texter. I do appreciate the text, though. Do you care to comment on that?
2: I mean, I, I, yeah, I will. I, I, I think that that's... I i don't think the organization is content with losing. I can assure you of that. Um, that that was a painful year last year for everybody involved. And um, they are... I know that on the surface it looks like they're not dedicated to winning, but but the way the game... It's just it's, it's kind of different for, for certain teams. And, and you look at, at teams, and I, I, I say it's different for certain teams. I think there's multiple ways that you can win in baseball. And not everybody can be like um, the Dodgers where they go out or the Mets or the Yankees. Um, most of the teams kind of have to build from within. And you look at the teams that have really had good runs of success uh, and sustained runs of success. The Tampa Bay Rays are a great example of this. Now, granted, I, I, I get it; they haven't won a lot of World Series. The Royals did, and the, the Royals are in a very similar financial situation. They're in a very similar market size. They did it from building the farm system up, and, and I know that, that that's not necessarily uh, something that, that that's fun, uh, I guess, because it can take time to do that. The Reds have really done that this go around very quickly. I mean, they they have turned this farm system around. Really, in a very, very short period of time. Um, I I think the team, you know, you look at the team they had last year, they got off to the slow start, then they played about 500 baseball up until the trade deadline. Uh, 500 baseball is not going to win you anything. So, in order to take that next step, you got to make some difficult decisions. You got to make some hard moves. You got to get rid of players that that you don't want to get rid of. And because you got to get the return, and the more prospects you have, the more chances those guys are going to turn into uh, high-caliber major league players, and that's what's going to sustain success, is you've got to keep building from within. And then once you kind of get to that point, which is close to where the Reds are getting right now, then you start to fill in the gaps. You you start to fill in the missing pieces with, with free agents, and, and then you go out and you you build with trades to your major league roster. And that's that's where this team is trying to get to. Hopefully they will be there within the next uh, year or two. I know that they, they're they really excited about the group that they have. I talked about the pitching before. So the, the plan right now is to get to a point so once this team is back in contention, it's sustainable uh, winning over a number of years. It's not just, hey, let's have success, let's put all our... Our chips in for one good run, and then see where it goes. It's let's let's get this thing built up so so that once we get rolling, it's it, it's it's one guy fills in when somebody else goes down. So that's where they're trying to get to. It's it does take some time. It's a process, and and I know that that can be frustrating, and I certainly understand that. But um, I certainly feel like the organization is heading in the right direction with that. It's certainly the best uh, farm system that I can remember. This team having. So it's really, really encouraging what's on the horizon. There's some really exciting young players that fans are going to fall in love with, and I know we all can't wait for those guys to get to the big leagues and showcase what they're capable of.
3: Hope springs eternal. That's one of the great things about baseball, and there's just something you know. It's part of a part of the uh, American fabric here. And you know, springtime comes. Pitchers and ca- the best words in the English language, in my opinion, are pitchers and catchers report. Uh, when, when that happens here, in a couple weeks, uh, Reds caravan rolls into the Coliseum Convention Center tomorrow night. Tommy, you're going to be there. Some Reds players and staff will be there. A little Q and A uh, with the fans. Uh, Dave Weekly and Dale, Dale Cooper from the Metro News Hotline. are going to be broadcasting live from there, starting just after six. Actual event will start about five thirty. Great to have you on the show and I'll see you tomorrow night my friend thanks a lot
2: all right,
3: sounds good. Thank you so much. Look forward to it. All right, so it's, uh, Tommy Thrall, who is the voice of the the radio voice of the Cincinnati Reds Again, the Reds Caravan tomorrow at the Coliseum and Convention Center, start around five thirty. Uh, we'll be on the air live just after six with uh, uh, Dale uh, Cooper and uh, Dave Weekly. Uh, I'm going to be there. Several others from the uh, station will be there as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing you there tomorrow night, as well as the Reds Caravan rolls into the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center tomorrow. We're going to take a break when we come back. Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney is here. It's 580 Live at A Voice of Charleston WCHS. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tar Family Businesses.
0: Eric J. Tar Family Businesses live to make life better for you and your family. As we move into a new year, many
2: people resolve to get into better physical shape, and that's a great idea, but what about your financial shape? As your years continue to add up, is your retirement portfolio keeping up? Stike Wealth Enhancement Group would like to remind you to make sure you're not only focusing on your physical health, but also your financial health. Stike Wealth Enhancement Group, the area's leading retirement planning team, is ready to assist you to make sure those golden years are truly golden. Visit stikeweg.com. Tag it new. Tag it used. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill.
6: The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from our 11 manufacturers.
3: Plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles to fit your budget, your style. Backed up with our Thornhill value plus warranty.
6: Get the best deal in sight morning, noon, or night at thornhillautomotive.com. Tag it used.
3: And make a monster statement with a lower payment.
6: We'll even tag your current ride if you're looking to sell with top dollar payouts. Tag your next ride on
3: the Thornhill
2: Motor Mile.
0: Never miss a breaking news story or important event happening in West Virginia again with a new WV Metro News app. Access Metro News content in a new, easy-to-use app for your mobile device or tablet. Watch or listen to your favorite Metro News shows like TalkLine, Hotline, and Sportsline with the app. Once the WV Metro News app is installed, sign up to receive push notifications and never miss a breaking news story or upcoming event. Search WV Metro News in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to get started today.
2: Suffering from diabetes, heart disease, or weight issues? Not sure where to turn for help with nutrition needs or diet plans? Dr. Jamie Sexton is a registered dietitian with WVU Medicine, and she can get you on the right path. Dr. Sexton can help all ages that are struggling with their weight or just need help with general nutrition, including vitamin deficiencies or food allergies. Plus, she can create specific diet plans focusing on calorie counts, carb counting, and more. Schedule an appointment at 304-373-1603.
0: Get the latest sports schedule from wchsnetwork.com/sports. This is the Voice of Charleston. 104.5, 96.5 and 580 WCHS.
3: 20 minutes away from 10 phone calls to 580 Live, is service of Biggly, Piggly, Wiggly. When shopping at your Biggly, Piggly, Wiggly, be sure to join their loyalty program where you can save big at the gas pumps and throughout the store with their electronic coupons and free gifts on Fridays just for stopping by. for farm to table, Bigly Piggly, Wiggly, the best kept secret in Charleston. Texting services provided by Fruit Pharmacy, your hometown family pharmacy. Want to welcome into the show Brad McElhenney. How are you, man? Oh, hi. Yes, I'm here to do Brad stuff. I like the way you phrase it. <laughs> I don't know what was here. Here's the story. All right, if you see what Brad put on Twitter this morning, I sent out. We kind of the different talk show hosts of the different markets, and we sent out you know who's on the show and whatever. And I had a couple of additions to the show. I didn't have you originally scheduled, and and so I sent out an email within the company, and I said who was going to be on the show. We added Tommy through all the voice the, the voice of the Reds, and I said and Brad doing Brad stuff, and and for some reason uh, uh, Brad Mack thought that was funny, and he, and he. He tweeted that I said, Brad doing Brad stuff. <laughs>
7: uh, which could mean anything. It could be, you know, my hobbies, which might lose the entire audience. Or it could mean uh, legislative action. But, you know, there there is a, enough of a variety of legislative action that even that can just generally be Brad
3: stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to get into that. And by the way, I do want to throw this out here. I am trademarking a new name and this battle over taxes between the Senate and the governor. And this goes back to my pro wrestling days, okay? It's called Taxomania, the ultimate showdown. Oh. The ultimate showdown. Oh, it gets better. Governor Jim, Big Jim Justice versus the duo of Craig the Crusher Blair and Eric the Terminator Tar. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it?
7: Oh, I love it. And I'm, I'm visualizing, like, yellow tank tops, like the Hulkamania shirts from back in the day. Possibly oh. rippable by the, by the wearer. And I, I'm, I'm into it.
3: Yeah, Damn. well, Tar may, and I'd say this in all due respect to Eric Tar. I mean, he may have to have a little help, because Tar, Tar's kind of a little guy, you know, he's he's kind of a little guy, he might have to have a little help with it. Oh, uh, so Blair, crappy, though, he'll go low and get your ankle. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, your I, knees. I, if you
7: got bad I, knees, like the governor must.
3: Yes. <laughs> so the uh, governor uh, spoke yesterday, invoking Toby and Edith again, uh, campaigning for his 50% tax cut. Now, this was all during the governor's live stream town hall. Uh, I, I didn't see it. Uh, I, I was unable, I was doing other things, was unable to, to see it. Was the press a- allowed back in the room? Did I read that correct, or a- a- am I incorrect on that?
7: Um, you, are, you are mostly correct, although, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was not clear in the announcement that it was happening that the press could go in the room. So, you know, based on the past two years, I, I made the assumption, all right, well, he's doing it on his own. The other factor... Is the governor is just off of being home with COVID, sure. yeah. so he was wearing a mask. But you know, of all events, to begin to open
3: up to people, mm-hmm. uh, this this was the one. <laughs> so don't ask me, man. <laughs> the one but, where, where the governor just had COVID. So uh, talk about the contents of said town hall uh, yesterday.
7: Well, it was fine. Um, you know, the governor was was a little bit easing back in after the COVID bout, and he seemed all right, but you know, if, if you've had it or the listeners had it, you can still have kind of a fuzzy head mm-hmm. afterwards. I mean, it takes a little time to get back. Um, and it, it felt a little bit like maybe that's where he was. Uh, but you know, I was, I was listening for tone. You know, if you think about what this is, it's, it's not only to try to get the public on your side, uh, to explain your tax proposal, and to persuade the public that it's a good idea. But also, you know, what do you want the public to do? Well, you want the public to begin to tell the third actor in this entire situation, the governor, the House, and the Senate, you want the public to begin to tell senators, hey, cut my taxes, I want a tax cut, so that they hear that. And, you know, I I was watching for the balancing act of would the governor... Do what I think is, you know, probably appropriate persuasion. If if he wants a public policy that's within his his duties, but you know, if you go too far, if you're too pushy, if you're insulting, then it could have certainly the opposite of the intended effect with the relationship strained the way it has been with Senate leaders. And mm-hmm. you know, I thought he, I thought he remained in bounds. That he he struck that balance okay and didn't say anything that was overtly or in-your-face insulting. Right. Uh, and, you know, he just he just tried to persuade.
3: Well, after the town hall live stream, Brad, uh, Senate President Craig the Crusher Blair uh, offered a rebuttal, uh, and this is all included in your in your story on, on the website, saying that the governor's numbers will lead to financial disaster and saying that the Senate is going to offer up a plan to reduce the personal income tax, also by 50%. So, uh, again, it's all in, in the lengthy article you get posted on the website. We have two rival income tax reduction plans floating around here, of the state senate's and the governor's.
7: And that caught me by surprise. I, <laughs> so Blair wanted to respond. He actively wanted to respond to the governor. And my first question was, well, were you persuaded? And he said, well, I wasn't coerced, meaning that he, he views these town halls by the governor. And there are going to be more. He views them as a pressure campaign. Mm-hmm. But he, he indicated, not working with me, but then said, you know, we're going to have our own. And, you know, my jaw dropped <laughs> because that's not the way I thought the Senate was going. He said, it's going to be cut 50%. And I said, oh, over time? And he said, no, right away. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, but, you know, the, the other aspect of what he indicated about it is it's, it's not, it's under. Under development, not fully formed yet, they intend to bring in people that he called experts.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, another missing element that I'm not sure about is, would that plan include any kind of offset? Like, would you raise any other taxes? Like, in, in the past, when an income tax cut has been talked about, the Senate plan sometimes included an offset of raising sales taxes. He didn't mention that to me, but it's something to watch for as a, as a possibility, the the other element of what Blair was telling me that I'm I'm not sure people people caught one quote and saw the word spending mm-hmm. and the reaction was oh he thinks the tax cut is spending but but what he elaborated on is he thinks that that a fifty percent tax cut that that just allows government spending to keep on trucking um, is is irresponsible that you can't. You can't achieve that balance. And, and he, Senator Blair, believes that the Justice Administration has not done a very good job of of specifying what it would cut to make way for a, a 50% tax cut. Uh, or, you know, if it, if it came to it, what, what could be sacrificed in the name of cutting taxes? Um, so that's, that's where Senator Blair is on it as well. And I think Senator Carr has also... Uh, you know, addressed those those competing interests, trying to be aggressive about a tax cut while the state is also looking at potentially millions more dollars for PEIA, uh, uh, additional support for early grade classrooms that's estimated to be $100 million or so. Um, maybe DHHR is going to cost more. There are uh, generally pay cuts being deserved. Pay, pay raises. Sorry, we don't we don't want to
3: cut. Pay, no, no. Pay raises being don't, discussed. D- don't get so, that started.
7: <laughs> no, no. But I mean, many many significant additional expenses for government. While you're also talking about tax cuts, so there was a, there was a deep Blair concern about whether the governor's numbers add up.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, Brad, we talk all the time about this disconnect between the governor and the Senate. But is there a disconnect? And I'm not trying to stir anything here, but I'm just throwing it out there. Is there somewhat of a disconnect? And, you know, bad blood may be a, a strong word, uh, but some disagreements between the Senate and the House here. And I'm basing this on some comments that were posted on your story by House Majority Leader Eric Householder when he said, and I'm paraphrasing, we're going to stress upon our Senate colleagues that this is what they, meaning the voters, want. Now, I took that to mean either he was referencing the governor's plan, or maybe some sort of a compromise. Are you are you sensing anything like that uh, under the under the gold dome, Brad? <laughs>
7: you know, I've thought the the three entities—the governor, the house, and the senate—I've thought of them in terms of like triangulating or like a military pincher move. Like the, the the house and the governor have pretty much been aligned, and that then puts pressure on the senate. But the senate would like to be aligned with the house and essentially cut out the government, the governor, Mm -hmm. make him a non player. So that the two legislative chambers can, can work it out themselves. Uh, but that hasn't quite settled yet. You know, householders comments. I took to be the, the, and he householder physically attended the governor's town hall yesterday. He was there Uh showing his support. So, you know, Despite the Senate's efforts to to sort of get that the governor off their back and be aligned with the House, right now it's it's the House and the governor largely agreeing on a plan.
3: Well, before we let you go, uh, the governor is set to speak. I think at ten thirty this morning, one of his normal briefings he does. Among the topics expected to be DHHR, what are you hearing there?
7: You know, I don't I don't know what he intends to announce, but obviously there there has been legislative agreement on dividing dhhr into three agencies the department of health the department of human resources and the department of health facilities that's already passed the senate a bill is moving swiftly in the house the governor yesterday kind of addressed that and said well you know i i have spoken against it we had a million dollar report that said it would just be distracting to break up the agency and wouldn't accomplish much uh he said if you're, if you're picking a fight with me, that's one thing. I'm a big boy, and I can handle it. And then he kind of laughed, because he literally is big. Um, but he he said, you know, I hope you're not doing it just to poke at the hardworking men and women who staff this agency. Uh, so, I mean, he, he didn't come out and specifically say he opposes what the House and Senate are doing with HHR, but there was certainly some grumbling about it.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, and, you know, all of this is interrelated I don't know if today's announcement will will directly take on what the House and Senate are doing, but it, it all kind of works together.
3: We shall see. Brad, keep up the good work, and feel free to use the Crusher and Terminator nicknames as you wish.
7: <laughs> I will. Right. When I move in for, for side hugs, I will
3: uh, use the nicknames. All right. Brad, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Had right, Brad McElhaney, Yeah, I can't get this uh, image out of my head ever since he said that about uh, Tar and uh, and Blair wearing the Hulk Hogan uh, yellow tank top, the tearaways. Uh, I just and I just keep seeing Baby Doll running around the ring like a valet. I don't know. It's just. Things that occupy my head. Uh, programming note, Hoppy Kirchival back live at the Capitol tomorrow and uh, Thursday uh, doing Hoppy stuff uh, from uh, uh, from our, our studio there at the Capitol. He'll be there tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock. Venture News Talk Line. Hoppy back at the Capitol tomorrow. We've got to take a break. 580 Live is brought to you in part by Huston's Pizza. The Huston's Special of the Month for January, a large pepperoni pizza with cheese sticks, only $21.99. Find your closest Huston's Pizza in the Valley at Huston's Pizza. We're back after this from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group, on the voice of Charleston WCHS.
0: Brought to you by the Eric J. Tar Family Businesses. Eric J. Tar Family Businesses want to thank you for supporting local small businesses.
1: And it's time to replace that old sofa, uncomfortable mattress, or spruce up any room in the house. P. Furniture Warehouse Showrooms is stocked and ready to help you with any project. Everything is on sale, including special orders, whether you need a sofa, recliner, or an almost-heaven mattress set. Our Howard Miller grandfather clocks and wall clocks are marked down to sell. Spiff up the pantry with a Howard Miller bar. Be the envy of the neighborhood. Our clearance area is stocked with lots of cash-and-carry deals. A little one on the way, we have the perfect crib set, on sale and can be laid away. Lift chairs are our specialty. Let one of our trained sales clerks help you find the right one. Financing available with approved credit. You can apply on our website, pewfurniture.net. Pew Furniture Warehouse Showrooms, 1320 Smith Street, Charleston. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 530.
6: Tag it new. Tag it used. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill. The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from our 11
3: manufacturers. Plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles to fit your budget, your style. Backed up with our Thornhill value plus warranty.
6: Get the best deal in sight morning, noon, or night at thornhillautomotive.com Tag it used.
3: And make a monster statement with a lower payment.
6: We'll even tag your current ride if you're looking to sell with top dollar payouts. Tag your next ride on the Thornhill Motor Mile.
0: When news breaks, you'll hear it here first. Featuring a 24-hour newsroom and an award-winning news team. We are the Voice of Charleston. 580 WCHS.
3: 580 Live, uh, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. 580 Live uh, is uh, comes to you from the Parmar Store Studio. If there's not a Parmar Store near you now, there will be soon. I want to say a special thank you to the anonymous person or persons that uh, dropped off a gift for me here over the weekend. I had delivered to me a copy of uh, what I'm sure is going to be a fascinating book about the 1974 Kanawha County textbook wars. Um, it's uh, actually called Protester Wars, uh, the 1974 textbook Tea Party uh, by Carl Priest. Not sure who dropped it off. One of the girls out front said it was dropped off over the weekend. Again, not sure by whom. I do appreciate it, whomever you are. And I will get around to reading it soon. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Dave reads? Uh, Actually, I I do. um, And I'm in the process now of doing something that I rarely ever do, and that's read a work of fiction. I'm uh, reading the new John Grisham book, which is actually pretty good so far. Uh, Anyway, thanks to whomever dropped off the book to me. It is most appreciated, and I will get to it in the future. And, uh... Speaking of the future, if anyone would like to drop off gifts to me at any time, books are great, but remember, you can't go wrong with meats and cheeses. All right, just saying. Uh, Let me see. Text to the program says the press has long complained that they have been unable to be present in person with the governor to ask questions and follow-up questions. But then, when they got the opportunity, it was embarrassing. Only three press questions asked, all of which were not at all interesting questions, and no one attempted to follow up on the governor's answers. The West Virginia Press Corps should be embarrassed. They should do better. An embarrassing disservice to the public. Ouch! Calling out the press there. All right. Uh, So I want to throw this out here, and I know we're a little bit short on time here. A story posted at WVMetroNews.com about the death of Eddie Belcher, a 63-year-old from Malden. The investigation continues. There was a press conference held yesterday, which we covered, and there's a story on the website about it, that uh, the death has been ruled a homicide. Now, Eddie Belcher was very well known in state government uh, circles. He worked in just about every office in state government at the Capitol, I think one time with Secretary of State's office, and I believe Attorney General, I mean, pretty much he worked, he was just, he was kind of a fixture, you know, around the Capitol with the different offices uh, that he worked in. And uh, I knew of him, I did not know him well, but apparently his death has been ruled a homicide. And uh, I'm going to try to have more on that covered up a little bit later on the week as more details become available, but a press conference was held yesterday uh, about that. And uh, the uh, Kanawha County Sheriff's Department are now saying that that death was a homicide. And so uh, we'll have more on that coming up a little bit later on. Again, there is a story at uh, WVMetroNews.com about it. looks like Huntington Mayor Steve Williams is going to run for governor. That's my guess on the Democratic side. He was on Hoppy yesterday, and he certainly sounds like a candidate. And I'm working to have him on the show soon as well. Um, You'll recall that one of the last times that I had the chair of the state Democratic Party, uh, Delegate Mike Pushkin, on the show, he dropped – Mayor Steve Williams's name, um, and, and I've said this before about Steve Williams, he's about the best chance, in my opinion, that the Democrats have uh, to take back the governor's mansion in 2024. And his chances aren't great, in my opinion, but I think he's about the best shot that they have. And I'm not saying that there aren't good candidates on the Democratic side. Um, I know Steve Williams. I have uh, done projects in the past and other jobs I've had with Steve Williams, Mayor of Huntington, a former House member himself, all around Pretty good dude, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but just the way that the color is—the uh, <laughs> way that the color red is uh, is, is draped the Capitol complex right now, I don't really like any Democrat's chance uh, for governor 2024, but I think Steve Williams, because he tends to be a little bit more of a centrist compared to some of the other candidates we've seen in the past. Um, I think that um, he probably has the best chance of anybody, but uh, I would have to say— That among the 800 uh, people that have said on the Republican side that they're running for governor, one of them is probably going to be the next governor of the state of West Virginia. Again, just speculating a lot can change between now and then. All right. One of those names has been floated about is running for governor, but still hasn't pushed the button and made the full announcement yet. State Auditor J.B. McCuskey, he's going to be on the show with us tomorrow. Plus, we have more on the Reds' caravan coming up, too. Follow the news of the day, WVMetroNews.com and at WCHSNetwork.com. Thank you so much for listening. From my producer, Ryan Nicholson, thank you, Ryan. Hoppy, coming up. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, have fun and love somebody.
0: W243DRFM Charleston. And W283AQ Cross Lanes. A WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.